The Therapeutic Path of Humor What's the deal with humor? Laughter is the best medicine, and yet when it comes to addiction, recovery is often seen as being defensive and non-compliant. Why does the area of addiction recovery discourage the use of humor? Tom Farley is an author, motivational speaker, community relations coordinator, and our expert on the topic of comedy. He joins this episode to talk about comedy and humor throughout his own journey, reasons why it's often overlooked in therapy, the benefits we miss out on when we do not have laughter in our lives, and humor's own path in addiction and recovery. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and this podcast is a follow-up to the book I wrote called Addiction and Recovery. I am an independent clinical supervisor, clinical substance abuse counselor, and licensed professional counselor in the state of Wisconsin. In this profession, the opportunity to learn and become educated is never short, and the ongoing venture of gaining wisdom to help others is definitely a passion I possess. This is where I get to share that information with you and invite guests to share their experience and work. In this podcast, we discuss issues related to addiction, recovery, mental health, counseling, treatment, and several other areas. We discuss alcohol, drugs, gambling, gaming, pornography, and other behaviors that impacts the lives of people I work with, the individuals in their lives, and the community as well. Listen as we talk about these issues because when we don't talk about them and the silence grows, the worse it becomes. Talking about them continues to bring them into the light, which is our best way of addressing these issues and ultimately helping those who are impacted. You can find the podcast on social media with Instagram at Talking Addiction and Recovery, and Facebook page with Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. You can send emails to ask questions, provide feedback, or inquire about being a guest at TalkingAddictionAndRecovery at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and with every episode you listen to, I hope you walk away learning something. Tom Harley grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, and graduated from Georgetown University with a degree in marketing. He began his career in banking and finance, living and working in New York City area. From 1999 to 2012, he ran the Chris Farley Foundation, a nationally recognized nonprofit dedicated to substance use prevention. Like his brother, Tom was successful in opening the eyes and ears of youth audiences throughout the powerful and effective use of humor. In 2008, he wrote The Chris Farley Show, a New York Times bestselling biography of his late brother, the actor and comedian Chris Farley. He has been interviewed on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Larry King Live, Fox News, and The View. He has been featured in People Magazine, USA Today, and several national and regional newspapers and publications. Tom has served on the Dane County Human Services Board and several nonprofit boards. Tom works for Rosecrans Health Network as a Community Relations Coordinator for Wisconsin. He is also a motivational speaker, delivering messages on prevention and recovery. All right, so Tom Farley in my basement. Hey, hey, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I am. Yeah, not, not the usual place you'd think we'd be sitting down and, and talking, but it's... Yeah, can you turn the lights on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great to have you out of... When I like look at podcast guests, I kind of look at it as if I'm fortunate enough that people will say yes, that's awesome. If they can't, they can't. But you're one that like I planned on hounding until you would say yes, like... You're on my list of people to be like, I'll email him a few times or I'll find a way to get him on. And you're finally on. So I, I love it. Yeah. It only took it like a couple of emails. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for an audience, always looking for attention. So thank you. Um, 
there's, I mean, there's so much to your story, you know, author, speaker, there, there's a ton that goes on today, though, I, I really want to focus on the topic of humor, laughter, and the work that we do. Before we kind of dive into that, has like comedy and humor always been something in your life has that always been a part of like your story yeah it well it is and for and it, it's an interesting i mean and this and it's very topical i mean this is kind of i just i was doing i'll tell you the story i was doing a um you know i work for rose grants treatment center down in in rockford and right when i almost you know a month or two in they asked me to speak to uh, at their alumni retreat all the people that have gone through treatment at rosecrans they were at a big kind of day long retreat so they had all these clinicians talking and i was kind of i was kind of the you know the lighthearted ending you know the the big finish but i'm listening to all these people and and one clinician was talking about trauma you know and you know big t little t all that kind of stuff and and i never really to me, trauma was always, you know, something bad happened in your life and now you're, you're, you're going in this direction or like something. It's just, it, it's something specific. And she was explaining all the different like things that can be traumatizing. And I'm like, I'm thinking of the stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking of my family. I'm like, like, well, I didn't have trauma in my family. It's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I, and I, when it got to me at the end, it's like, time out. I got to talk about this because I, I wasn't prepared to, but I, I just, I, I'm listening to this thing on trauma. And to me, it dawned on me that in my family growing up, we had literally one emotional bullet in our gun. Can you imagine what that emotion is? Humor. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's all we used humor for everything. If somebody like fell, we laughed. If somebody was stressed out, we laughed. If somebody was, you know, uh, nervous, we laughed. If somebody, you know, uh, was experiencing joy, we laughed, which isn't the same thing. Right. You know, we used it for everything because, you know, I just don't think we were ready to kind of, you know, Digging, we're very Irish, you know, and very Wisconsin. We 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 don't go there, and so um, uh, it it was. It started as a coping mechanism, but evolved because we did it so much and we were all using it to cope. It became a trauma. Yeah, it really did. And, no, and yes, three of my brothers and now my son is out in L.A. as professional comedic actors, and so there was a good side. But because we had really good at you know, that combing skill. But that's exactly what humor was in my family. It was all about, I mean, you know, we, you know, we laughed at, you know, everything, even, you know, like, and the more inappropriate it was to laugh at a situation, we did it. Now it just pops in our heads, like something like, you know, in in meetings and stuff or something really serious, church. I, I like, I think of funny stuff, like, like almost the entirety of, like, mass going to church <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah so that's how humor was um for me that's that that was my experience with liver and we got really good at it but then you know i flipped it on its head when i started you know the chris farley foundation and started going into schools and i looked at um i was my audience you know i looked at teens and young adults and i'm like well you either have humor or music if you want their attention. 
and you know we, we don't have music so we had and I'm like all right I'll use humor you know um, and I thought to myself well I was creating a, a foundation named after this famous comedian so how do I not use humor you know I, I think I, I felt like I had to and people were like well you know it's kind of a serious subject matter prevention and and uh, addiction and I'm like I get it but to me it just it's either it was the only language I speak so it's the only thing I had but also it, it just made sense to me it's like wow this this whole discussion and work and everything around prevention and treatment it, I didn't see any humor and I'm like and that's all I have to offer so I'm going to figure out how to do this I'm going to figure out how to bring humor into this very serious subject matter. But if I'm teach, talking to, to, to audiences, you know, with this name, and it worked. And, and you know, luckily I figured it out. And and, and the, so I can go on and on. But, it, but you, you, you set me up perfectly because part of it is that with other things, we talk about like laughter is the best medicine. Humor is, is great for healing. We look at like all the muscles it takes to frown versus smile. But in our work that we do with addiction yeah. recovery, you bring up humor and it's not received that same way. It's unfortunate. And for so many, because there's so many ways. Like, well, first of all, yeah, yeah. Humor is, is, the, is the first thing we learn as, as humans to manage our emotions. You know, um, I used to talk when I used to, when I first started talking on the subject. I used to say, "Look, you know, look at babies. You know, they're 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 the first thing they learn to do is smile and laughter." And of course, my ex-wife, who was a pediatric nurse, said, "No, that just means they have gas." I'm like, "Well, don't ruin it for me." So, um, so yeah, so they okay. Then they developed fart jokes earlier. Yeah. Then, okay, that's fine. But um, you know, just think of like when you're crossing a street and a car like you know, whizzes by you and you step back, the first thing you do is you, <laughs> you laugh. You know, it's, it's, it's how you manage the stress and, and fear. It's how, it's how you do it. And, yeah, it, it can be, in our case, in my family, you know, sometimes we overdo it and we, we leave out some of the other emotions, but it's definitely part of the mix. To exclude it is insane. I mean, that's, that's not who we are as humans. It's a very important emotion. And I think that happens more in the work that we do. Like, there's times where you can look at, like, this humor is inappropriate or it went too far. But it's not like that's all the time. But in our work, like, if anyone, if this is a person in, like, a residential program or they're in, like, a, a counseling session or they're in treatment or they're in, like, a group or something, and they use any kind of humor, it's like you're waiting for, like, the booze to come out that this person's being like defensive or they're they're not taking their program seriously like I know it's well because they have the people are so focused on their you know modalities and you know just like this is what I was talking about. it's just it, that's that's great that's important you know there is a science to you know the work that we do but there this there's also you know there's also a, hum, a science of humor and um if you are doing certainly therapy work and 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 uh, um, you know especially in groups it's like if you're listening close to that moment when the humor comes out you've touched obviously a nerve was touched yes. obviously 
obviously that was too far for that person to go and they're stopping there and using humor that should be as any 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 therapist or clinician would say okay take note of that and let's you know it's not a like you run away from it or you know pour water on it that that's that that's a very distinct moment you know, where somebody used humor because they were managing their emotion, they were managing some trauma. Some vulnerability yeah. was was either touched or like got like close to where I mean, all of a sudden the defenses came up yeah. and that and they're waving look, a flag. Yeah, and you look at other things, like if someone were to be like very quiet or they were to say, I don't want to talk about that, like we would look at that and be like, Okay, like that's clearly there's something there that you're not ready to talk about. But when someone uses humor they're often labeled as like non-compliant, yeah, and that they're like those are all things that it just seems that humor is almost like a strike against someone, or it's it's against where their progress is. When we could be using it as a tool, we could be using it as a it's a great tool, yeah, as a as a resource. We could be using it as a strength. You know, I mean, like a lot of funny people I've had as as clients and patients over the years. Yeah. And they say a lot of funny shit, but there are times where it's like, I have to be all professional and because we're around others, I might have to be like, yeah. well, you got, come on, we got to take this serious or is that really appropriate? But like, can I sit here and deny that what they said is, was funny? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, it's, uh. I, even in my own, in my own recovery, you know, I remember the first meetings I went to, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm like a, in a meeting with those strangers and, you know, asked to share. I mean, like my default in a room full of strangers is, is to use humor and I, and, uh, and, uh, act out because of my addiction. That's, this is, it was the perfect storm of like, you put me in here, like, and ask me to do all this stuff. I mean, like, I know, yeah, I know this is how I did it. And I, I, I talked to people that, that were in those early days in some of my home groups and they're like, Wow, did you, have you changed? I mean, you came in here, you couldn't share without making some joke and everything. It's like, yeah, that's how I, you know, but but because of just the structure of a meeting, you know, I was allowed to continue. You know, there was no back talk, there was no, you know, cross talk, and and it was just and I and I listened to everyone else kind of, and I I'm still funny, I'm still funny in my meetings when I share, you know, but I'm just not. It's it's more appropriate. You know, it's more, I, I've learned to to manage, you know, that as part of my, like everyone does, you know, like, you know, you know, we talk about stories of wh- how, who we were and how we were and I, you know, you know how I was, you know, um, it, even though I was, you know, had a had an addiction and I actually had some fun, <laughs> pretty funny experiences. So, you know, I can't run away from that, but um, I've learned to, I've learned to you know, grow because I was allowed to do that. I was allowed to figure it out myself. Right. You know, do you think part of why humor has been discouraged in, in the work that we do? Because like, do you think stigma plays a role in that? We were talking before that if someone has this other health condition and they're seeing like a doctor, they're seeing like a, a provider and they're dealing with some like medical issue and they're using humor other people would look at that and say, "Wow, you're in good spirits. Like that's it's great to see you smiling, or it's good to see you having this attitude of of dealing with this." But like, take this patient or client away, put in someone with a substance use disorder, 
even though we're now more accepting of it as a disease, if that person were to go in there and do the same thing, they'd be looked at as, why aren't you taking this serious? Like, what's... Yeah. This is no laughing matter. But every other... And you talk to doctors, they know that there is, there's a healing quality to humor. I don't know the physiological, neurological, but there is, I don't know if it's, you know, endorphins or whatever it is, you know, something's triggered in your body when you laugh and have humor, just like when you run, just like when you do yeah. something else. It's, there's something that happens and it is part of a healing process. And so doctors get it. You know, but why we don't over here, it's, um, I don't, I don't know. You're like, right. as you talk about it, it would be, I think this would be a great thing to see. Like, if, imagine, like, a prescription bottle, and, like, someone's prescription was to, like, read three jokes, or, like, five jokes a day. Yeah. Like, oh, imagine yeah. if there was, like, a bottle, and, like, in it is, like, five pieces of paper. So, like, at these certain times, you have to take this out and read this joke, like, imagine if someone, like, read a joke, like, five times throughout their day and got, like, this this regular dosage yeah. of, like, humor and laughter. Like, you're telling me that wouldn't have some healing, like, like coping skill, like, brain chemistry they, properties? You, like, I, I'm convinced <laughs> it does, yeah. I mean, I, and, and not only that, there's a no, whole other aspect to it in our, in our world is that part of the recovery process is that I, I, I got, you know, ye, for years after, after Chris passed away, I would get, and he, you know, letters and emails from people that were in um, treatment with him, and, and he was in a lot of treatments, you know, I think 17 times. Um, he, so he had a lot of people in um, um you know, working in the tree, his treatment with them, and they would say to a person, "I couldn't have gotten through it without your brother." And you know, you know, unfortunately for Chris, yeah, that was Chris. He was always there for somebody else, and he, you know, eventually he got around to you know his own recovery. But initially, yeah, he would just make. I mean, you know, being in a you know thirty days in treatment—that's not fun. We all know that. And that you person's know. often looked at as like the traditional providers staff counselor like they might look at that person as like the class clown right um they're the they're the the jokester they're someone that's they're not no one else is going to take it serious if they don't so they get labeled even among other people with substance use issues other people getting help if you got someone that humor is maybe it is a defense mechanism maybe it is to protect from vulnerability maybe it's how they've coped throughout all their years Maybe they're just really funny. Maybe they like humor. Maybe they yeah they enjoy that. Maybe that's a part of who they are, and they get labeled even worse, even among a bunch of group of people who have substance use problems. Right. I get it. Like a person, you know, that in in the depths of their addiction, you know, using humor like Chris was, he was hard to ignore. Hard to, you know, it, it was hard not to enable somebody like that. You know, you know, he was just that that funny, you know, and it was and it was him using his humor kind of, you know, to 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 to, you know, manage his pain. But when Chris was in recovery, that same humor was used for himself and for others around him to 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 heal, 
you know, yeah, you do. It's not just across the board, you know, that the person still has to understand, you know, their recovery and where they are and their addiction. But, you know, a funny person, you know, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, is valuable in that sense, you know, so, um, yeah, so it's, uh, it was, um, it was great to hear those stories of, uh, you know, and I talk now, I go out to schools and, you know, one of the myths that I talk about, you know, there's a lot of barriers to, especially in teens, like, you know, when they're, when they've gotten progressive far enough that, and their discussion starts about like, oh, maybe we need some treatment or, th- or at least some, some therapy. And one of the myths that they, that you hear all the time is like, well, you know, I got to give up all my friends and I got to stop having fun. And so my whole thing is like, well, maybe a, a, maybe those aren't the right friends. Right. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a whole army of like people out there that are ready to really make you a better person. That will put that aside, but the fun stuff. I mean, I'm in recovery, and there's no way you're going to tell a Farley that he can't have fun yeah. in recovery. And I've been, and I'm living proof of yes, there is absolutely ways to have fun. There's absolutely, you know, a, a, you know, fun in a healthier, you know, sober life. You know, is remarkable. You know, so I that's one myth. That I, I I talked all the time to young kids is like it's much better on that side of the door, um, you know, and the humor is so much better. You're not using humor, you know, to to cover something up. You're using humor to to grow as a person and to have fun and and to enjoy, and to connect with people. Do you? I've I've did an episode before about thinking I'm better when I'm drinking or I'm better yeah. when I'm using, and that's that is. Sometimes a, a big thing with like musicians, with sometimes yeah. comedians, artists that believing like that they're they're better, more creative, they're more open. And then you talk to some people, you you're starting to hear more about a lot of musicians who are now sober, and they're they're looking at it like I was terrible, like I was awful. I knew a guy who did uh, percussion, did the drums. He toured the world with some some bands and. He looks now back on some of the shows that he's done. He goes, I don't remember. I don't even remember that. Now he plays in a church group once in a while. And he goes, that's some of the greatest music I've probably ever played. But for a while, he thought he couldn't yeah, do well, that. Yeah, that. Was, that, was, that was Chris uh, twice. You know, t- t- you know, he thought that he had to be you know, you know, high to be funny. And he thought that he uh, you know, had, to, had to be overweight. You know, he could a skinny Chris Farley wasn't funny. He it was it was in his mind. We had those conversations all the time, and Al Franken said to him once, like Chris, you can still lose twenty pounds and be funny and fat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like good point. Um, that's a scary. That's a scary trap that it, when when people fall into thinking that they can't be who they are or they can't be like the enjoyable parts of like being humorous, being artistic, being. Um, creative, like I have to give up using. That means I have to give that up too, yeah. and that, that's not very easy. So when you're a family member or you're like a treatment provider, being like, "We'll just give this up. Look all the damage it's doing." It's also part of like, it's if I do that, and I don't see how I can still do this stuff. Yeah. Well, who's gonna want to really 
change. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's, it only goes so far. I mean, there was a great quote in my book that one of our friends that was actually assistant, um, you know, out in Hollywood, um, talked to you, he said, and he totally nailed it because he grew up with us too. He said, like, going out and drinking with Chris, you know, the, the first hour was fun. The second hour, hour and a half, was literally the best time of your life. There's just absolutely, like, the pinnacle of fun. The next five hours, and you're lucky if you got away with just five hours, was brutal. It was, it just, it, you know, because of his disease, he couldn't stop. And it's just like, it was, you know, funny, got rolling, really funny, and then just, and I think, and I used to see it in, 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 around Madison and some of the bars when we were in college, I would see like, he'd have this just crowd around him, you know, and and then sometime during the night, you'd see people like peeling off, just kind of shaking their heads, go, Jesus, kind of a jerk, you know, and, you know, not really, obviously that was that point where he was no longer funny. He was, you know, mean or, you know, sarcastic. It just was a, it was a different thing. And I think the next day when, you know, Chris just existed to make people laugh and make people feel good. And the next morning, waking up with a hangover and then realizing that he caused pain and hurt people's feelings because of his drinking, that, 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 that that was hard on him, sure. And it was it was just doubling, in, and that made his addiction harder and harder to to carry. You know, it was just um, um, he you know he didn't because it was his shift. It's like yeah, but if I yeah I, yeah if I use a little, you know, I'm like you know I've got this huge crowd and I'm you know I'm funny. It's like yeah, but anyone with addiction knows that the, the, you know there's no that it, it goes on. Yeah, yeah. There's no off switch, and that's what we don't figure out. You know, we don't. You know, yeah. When we all start, sure, it's fun. But it it, it, it that that fun time gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, I often call it like the tale like the tale of two cities, where it's like the the good times are are way up here. Best of times um, or worst of times, and then all of a sudden, like it, it's going to, and that's the hard part when you're working with kids. Um, I've worked with kids for a while. You've done a lot of talks with yeah. kids, but that's that's really hard because in those early years, like let's be honest, it is more of like good times. Like I I was told this was going to happen to me, and it didn't happen. Like I was told this was going to send me to jail, and when I drank that night, I was. I didn't go to jail. So, like, the good times are up there, but then as that starts to then become more of a... more problems, more consequences, more issues, then all of a sudden it becomes, like, the... I have people that even acknowledge that their using isn't good or fun anymore, and it's totally all of the the bad times, but they still struggle to give it up. I mean, to me right there, that says, like, well, it's, there's it's, some addiction yeah, going on here. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's like, with these kids, it's like, you know, it, it's like being in the, on the, in the deep end of the pool. It's easy to be in the deep end of the pool when, you, when you're sitting on a, you know, in an in a inflatable raft with swimmies on <laughs> and a life jacket and, you know, and a snorkel and a, and, yeah. and a mask, you know. You're pretty good. Great. But, you know, as you age, as you get older and mature, you know, life takes those little supports away. And all of a and, and and you said I don't you go I don't need to sw- learn how to swim, I why do I need to learn how to swim I'm I'm here in the deep end fine 
and all of a sudden life starts taking these you know floaties away or the you know the life jacket away and the struggle all of a sudden you're in the deep end all by yourself and you haven't even learned how to tread water and yeah that's what happens it's easy when they've got all the supports but you know yeah you cra- you, you 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 crash your parents car man it's your parents car right it's not yours <laughs> but when all of a sudden you're starting to crash your car that you paid for and are paying for and the insurance company says well no we're not going to replace that and like yeah then it's then how you know how much how fun is that addiction and that's why i think it's it's also hard when that stuff starts to happen this is maybe one of the reasons why when it starts to get as bad as it gets then it is more challenging to use humor it it is more challenging to to use that when you're working with the person or you're working with family members like it's not easy to to add but humor to something that's so at at that point devastating but i still think it's possible well I, the way i look at it is like <clears throat> you know there's a doorway you know and everything you know all the stuff somebody with an addiction everyone everything before the doorway you know your life your life is miserable you're you're causing train wrecks you're all sorts of relationships going bad and you're like it is horrible but you look on the other side of that doorway and like you know oh a life without you know you know you know drinking or using and i gotta you know change my friend that looks hard too so you know why should i go through the door and the point is yeah you it life's hard it's it's going to be hard on both sides of that door you know but by walking through on this side of the door um you know, uh, your life, you know, your life and the pain, that, gro- that can only grow. On the other side, in recovery, um, it can only get better. They're both hard, absolutely. So you got to just power through that door. And, but, and, and one of the things that makes it get, continually get better on that other side of the door when you're working in recovery, one of those things is humor. How can you take that out? And I love it. One of the things that... I've noticed when when people get sober, they go through that like fog of, of the, the substance like leaving their body, their mind is going through this whole thing. And one of the things that I love most, this is, and I, I saw this a lot in residential because when you work in residential, you see them all the time. Like yeah. you see them in, in meals, like hanging around the house, like you, you, you see them more than just like an hour of therapy, yeah. right? And one of the things that I would I would love to see more than anything is when mostly this would happen as a group, but there'd be times where someone would say like they laugh so hard they're they're they had that belly laugh where like their sides hurt and they'll say they haven't had that wow in so many years oh my lord and I look at that as like your your body is starting to really heal yes. Like, because yes. you, like, when's the last time you had, like, a side-splitting laughing wow. where you laughed about stuff that, like, before when you were using, you would think that was stupid, but last night you were laughing so I'm much just, about it. We're just, you know, pissing yourself so hard because you laugh yeah. so hard, you know? When's the last time you just did that? <laughs> I know you've pissed yourself a lot of times, but this is from laughter. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a win. Yeah. Let's talk about the difference between pissing your pants because you're under the influence and pissing your pants because you are... 
laughing so much. But yeah, that's a win. You gotta I take love, that win. I love when I hear that because to me, I, I let someone know that like your your body's starting to really now get it too. Like, yeah. You've done so much of escaping, numbing, avoiding, all those um, not using coping skills. But you're finally at this point now where like humor and laughter is like being brought back into you. And it's, it's overwhelming, but it's it's such a amazing thing when I see there, that happen. There's there's actually a little... I don't know much about it, but there's actually a, a, a laughter therapy. Yeah. You know, that they've created that they've seen the value in that. I don't see it... Like, I've never... Like, like I would never do that because I would think, like, you know, my, love, my level of, of humor is so high, though. Like, this isn't funny. I, I'm not... I'm not healing. You tell better jokes. And the research is out there. Like yeah. part of what I, I looked at was I, I prescribed to a uh, creativity journal for therapy. Where they talk about all these different creative means and stuff like that. And I have some other you know, like publications where I read about articles. And there's some that talk about humor. So like the evidence is there. It says to use it. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was improv is often talked a lot with the yeah. therapeutic benefit what is it about improv well, we that don't do it yeah i mean that's that, that is literally how when i started the chris farley foundation and knew i had to do humor i looked at all my brothers who went through second city at, you know they weren't stand-up comics they were improv comics and i'm like well what's this improv thing and they and i started studying it and looking at you know i've watched them do it and i realized it, it, it it was it was started by a woman in Chicago, Viola Spolin, that was that created these games to for for inner city at risk kids. It was a communication tool to get them to open up to actually. She did it in groups. These games that you would play that um, would create an ensemble. We create like every you know where everyone's voice and style is different, but everyone's you know together they're trying to you know it's it's based on yes and which is all about acceptance. I'm like, ha, huh, that's a familiar word. It's acceptance, acceptance, you know, and non-denial and trust. And I'm like, acceptance and trust. Where else have I heard those two <laughs> words? And I'm like, hey, that's what just hit me. I'm like, that's. That's what, I, and I, so I started going into these teen groups in uh, in Madison. Somebody invited me when I first started. this, like, oh, well, come on and talk. And I looked at this teen group, <laughs> these four teens. It was like so from like all four or five high schools in Madison. You know, different representatives. You know, different grades. You know, they have some freshmen, some seniors. You know, different genders, obviously, and um, they're in all in therapy. And the therapist is saying, okay, you know. We're gonna share today, and they're like, "Yeah, we ain't sharing." Shit. <laughs> like these, like these are teenagers, and like, yeah, they're. And I said, "Let me go in and do some improv." And we just did these stupid like games, you know, nonsensical. And what we were doing is is building trust in the group, building the ensemble, building trust, acceptance, um, you know, f- being comfortable, f- you know, you know, being comfortable, being un- be comfortable, being uncomfortable. That's what improv helps you do. It's it's to you know take you know take that that risk of of, of be putting yourself out there and being present and all these wonderful things about you know connection and so I would just do these games for like you know a half hour and then I would look at the therapist like now they're ready to share now they can share because they I, I formed the ensemble for you yeah there was a, I one of my 
favorite activities I'd ever do because we did a lot of programs with family members and the the individuals and I would have them sit in a, a really big circle and I would have a ball that I had numbers on it and it would be where I would toss the ball and there'd be a number and it had a it would have a question so they would catch it and wherever their right thumb would go there would be a question that I would ask and that got people and then I would say okay we'll toss it to whoever you wanted yeah. to and that that was a great activity in and of itself. It got people to share, it got people people to open. But what was really funny was I was talking to my cousin who does improv, and he told me about some of the games they do to kind of warm up. Warm up, yeah. And he told me one of them was where like they pretend to have a ball, yeah, and they pretend to like do something with it. So I tried that with it's hard with one of these groups, but all of a sudden like I'm trying to explain what we're doing, and I'm 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 pretending to juggle this ball. And people are like looking at me like really crazy, and then I just like tossed it to someone, and they didn't do anything. So I went over and I go, I, I tend to like pick it up, yeah. hand it to them, and I say, "What's what's the number on that?" And they were all so confused. Oh, nice. But then all of a sudden it just turned into the same thing. Of then they got creative, like someone pretended to like bowl it down. Yeah. Someone pretended that they overshot it so they 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 went like this and then they were like oh that went way over there let me get it for you so it got people to be creative uh open you heard laughter you heard cheers like support but you know what the questions that i ask they're not easy either i mean i was asking about relapse i was asking about like trust building i was asking about some very serious questions and we could in a moment go from near tears of yeah. sadness from tears to laughter yeah. and there's that's okay it didn't have to be well we can't because get that it's way all about acceptance yeah you know people don't put themselves out there they don't share they don't do stuff because of fear of being rejected or like what i say is gonna but when you put them in a in a, in a situation where everyone is doing yes and like that where everything they say is is like a, that people treat it like a gift like oh you you like yes okay I accept whatever you said I accept it I get to add to it without denying it like saying you know it's not yes but it's yes and it's constantly building and like you know that's how you yeah it's uh, it's amazing when you see that um, uh, take hold and in, in, especially in, a, in 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 group therapy I'm starting to do it in IOPs you know um, but. That's gotta Why, be fun. It I mean, is, except not not um, virtually. Jesus. Yeah, yeah I, I've tried yeah. to. I've tried to do that, and it's. Um, I got one Monday, uh, two IOPs virtually, but like I figured it out. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the creative, creative processes. You figure it out. You yeah, know? I've used it, and there's there's times too, not just like improv, but comedy. You know, we talked about how it's it's viewed as a defense mechanism, and you described like the door, and then sometimes comedy can be used to get people to open their door. I mean, we think it's about someone shutting their door and someone not being yeah. serious and being defensive, but sometimes humor can get people to really open up. Like, role-playing? I don't know if you ever had to do role-playing. Like, when you try to be super serious about role-playing, it's like working with, like, robots. Because yeah. you try to think you have to be so perfect, you gotta say the right thing. But if I use humor in a role-play... Like, it can become a really fun activity, 
and they can still learn what they need to learn. Spontaneity is amazing to practice, you know, in a in a controlled safe environment like a just a improv game. You know, um, it's it it's it's you just stop overthinking shit, you know, and just be in the moment, you know, uh, and 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 put yourself out there and and go. And it's just it's it's quick, you know. I I, I used to do so. I used to. Do this in high schools and with this improv. I used to teach, you know, these these improv things in kind of a pre- uh, prevention kind of overlay. And then I would go to like teacher conferences, you know, teacher you know groups, um, uh, counselors, and and talk about what I you know what I was doing. And I would like then I would bring them up and let me let me demonstrate. And I bring these adult teachers up on stage, and I'm like, you're gonna screw this up. Just because you overthink everything, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to suck because of because you you're not going to buy into this. And they go, "Whoa, no!" I'm like, "Yeah, you are." Just you know, trust me on this. And it was just horrible. It's like you just you be in the moment. You know, it's hard as adults to go there because we're just so trained to you know that we've we we've, we've got to we're always kind of looking out there at like what we need to show the world. And that's, you know, that's, that's actually why, you know, we're, we're, we're where we're at because we were not living rigorous honesty. We're not, we're not living, you know, authentic lives because we were kind of creating this thing and improv is, it's, it's breaking those down breaking that. Just find out who you are. I like when you talk about being straight up front with the teachers of like that, this is not going to go perfect. Like, like, because in, in the work that we do, there's such a fear of failure. Yeah. Yeah. That like, if I fail or if I don't get this right, like that it's the orchestra that's going to fall down on me. But with, with comedy, it's pretty much accepted that like, the, the joke might not land well. Yeah. It's yeah, not going to go okay. But like, it doesn't mean you failed and you can't do it again. It's just like you learn from it. Chris once told me. It. Chris once told me that I said, "Well, like, what's what's coming?" He's like, "Well, it's about taking risk." And like, we grew up in this conservative, you know, Midwestern conservative kind of, you know, Wisconsin family. I'm like, we don't take risks. What are you talking about? He's like, well, Tommy, you, you got to get up there and like the next joke out of your mouth could be like the funniest in the world or go over like a fart in church. And you don't care. You just keep going. You just keep going. And in a, in, in a ensemble, the way you set, you know, you create the ensemble is that is is that everyone's strengths, you know, enhance the ensemble. When you come into an ensemble, your strengths make it better, and your weaknesses, and we all have them, your weaknesses are diminished by everyone else's strength. So it's not you alone, you know. So your your failure, and you're you're you know you're allowed to be. You're human. You're allowed to fail in an ensemble because everyone else, you know, is accepting you and making and and and, and learning from it, growing from it. How and how you, powerful is that? It is for for for. I mean, yeah. let's just let's just talk about for substance use. I mean, for for life in general, yeah. but for the the group that we're talking about with substance use, like that is. That is incredibly powerful. That by not including humor, it, you miss it out on. Doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, you don't feel that. You feel like everyone else is judging you. You feel that everyone else is criticizing you. You might have people who are saying things that are not 
helpful. They're, they they are saying discouraging things. When you look at an ensemble of like a a group with humor, like there's support, there's encouragement, yeah. there's I've been there. There. Well, it's it's like if somebody if somebody is dealing with a very severe trauma that has is causing their addiction and and all those things. Let's say let's say you know rape or whatever it is. You know they're doing a lot of heavy work in that area. To like the whole, the whole. It's not like, you know, what substance you're doing. Getting to that why, you know, why, why did this? Happen? Why are you there? Why are you in this addiction? That that's heavy work. So, you know, not to have, yeah. You know, again, like everyone thinks of humor in just negative ways. Like you know, you know, humor comes at a cost to somebody else's pain. It doesn't, you know. And that's 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 what it is. I think people in 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 in, in therapy think that. That that's what's going to happen. Your humor is going to trigger somebody else or be human. You know, and I think that's, that's a scary thing for like therapists yeah. to because we are so like trauma informed, like yeah. patient centered, thinking about like how this may impact them, how they've been treated by others. That there is definitely a fear of getting closer to that boundary. And I think it's viewed as humor would maybe push you over that boundary. And there is a there is a, a worry that you might say something that could hurt an individual. Yeah. And for so for some of those reasons, I think professionals, when it comes to humor, they they avoid it. Like I don't but want you know, I don't want to do any more harm. Do you know what you know what <laughs> you know what professionals don't realize? I'm going to go back to my you know pool analogy. Is like you know all of a sudden all the all the life jackets and floaties were taken off and you started to drown. Well, like in therapy, you're back, you know, somebody added more flotation to your life. You know, so the therapists have to realize that you're part of this, they're in a safe environment. You're, you're, you're part of the structure that's going to that's gonna help them heal. So, you know, don't add weight to it by taking away something. Else. Like, you're part of the flotation. So, you know, this is a tool you can use to do that. Like, they're... You know, they're they're under care. There are people out there that are that are are, are not you know in recovery, not doing the work, not in, in, and yeah, that's a scary place. And they're and and that that's they're probably you know uh, that would be humor would be very dangerous in those you know and perpetuate some of those uh, issues. But uh, but when you it, don't practice it, I think it becomes even more harder to know what's. Yeah. Like yeah. if I if I was a let's look at boundaries. If I was a therapist and I didn't practice any boundaries, yeah. how would how I would, how would I get better at knowing yeah. where boundaries are set, what boundaries to practice, how to how to reevaluate those? If I don't ever learn that or use that, my ability to understand and apply it is gonna be even worse. So I think the more people avoid humor and they don't look at the application of it. Yeah, it's going to be harder to use because you've just been leaving it on the shelf collecting dust. Yeah. So the first time you use it, like it, it might not go very well, but that's because you haven't practiced it. I mean, I'm not saying every therapist has to become a comedian, but looking at they could how, lighten, They could lighten up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, but there's when you don't use it, you're not going to get any better at it. Right. And you're not going to understand, well, is this pushing this too far? Is this something that could hurt the patient? Like, 
if you don't ever use it, you're not going to understand how those apply. So I'd like I'd like it to where therapists could. I would think use it, more yeah, humor. Think of it more of how many therapists utilize the utilize um, uh, breathing exercises. Oh, I mean, everyone, everyone, right? <laughs> Before we start, do this. You know, deep breath, hold it, go out. Just something similar like that. This is the. It, it could be used the same way. Humor can be used the same way you use a breathing exercise. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, it can even help with breathing. I mean, got catch yeah. your breath, but yeah. it can also help you. But you like, know, I mean, it's a physiological <laughs> thing, you know. Yeah, it's a release. It's a, you know, yeah, it's um, yeah. Does it seem harder nowadays to to include humor and to try it more with how people might respond? You know, um, that's a great question. Um, I think I, you know, I, I, I have looked the last you know couple of years. I looked at and I, and I talk a lot about um, the blessings of COVID. You know, the blessings of COVID. One of the th- first things I realized is that you know, I, I almost and I laughed at it. Um, <laughs> is uh, all these you know the the whole world um, had to you know isolate and disconnect for 18 months to two years and they friggin hated it and i'm thinking like there are people in our communities in your own families that feel like that every single day you had it for 18 months and you freaked out you know you couldn't even yeah i mean you know you you like in some cases reacted violently and like okay that's that those are so let's let's reconnect and we need to redefine connection. We don't want to go back to where it was. We've, we saw what disconnection does to a human being. We are hardwired to connect. Mm-hmm. And humor is one of the, 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 the it, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it goes back to our, our, our you know, our, the dawn of man. Like the humor was, you know, was how we connected, you know. We didn't connect, you know, philosophically or, you know, spiritually. That took time. Humor, we got right away, you know? Yeah, caveman doing something. Yeah, there was... <laughs> look at that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They weren't great artists. They, they were cartoonists. They weren't, like, putting, you know, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the woolly mammoth. Oh, there's a great picture of the woolly mammoth. Yeah, yeah. Look at the, look at the pile that I drew right behind them. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's um, that's how we're going to connect. I think, uh, hopefully, um, this post-COVID world in- employs more humor, more opportunities to use humor to connect to people. And I try to give little spurts. I'd like to just grow more with it because there there are ways where, like I shared the one story about that. Like sometimes, if we're talking about something serious, I, I want to recommend like a comedy show that might like. Get there was we had a, a topic about celebrating success, and I always look at like rewarding can be risky because like sometimes rewarding leads right back to the behavior that you were yeah. not doing. So I recommended like an episode of King of Queens that to me displayed celebrating success to a T. Like, but there's humor in it. There's yeah. there's comedy into it. When I talk about um, people thinking they're better when they're under the influence, I talk to them about like an Always Sunny episode where. They think that they're going to put on this 
amazing dancer team at the high school reunion and then reality kicks in and they're looking sloppy and, and terrible. And so those are ways I try and introduce like laughter and comedy to sometimes realize that that's, that is like the world we live in. Like you might yeah. think that you're the, the, the cat's meow when you're at the bar talking to people, but in reality, like you are falling over slurring people don't want to be near you. If I can use a, a sitcom, yeah, to, 100%. Yeah. To tie that in, to get them to realize that, like, that's that's therapeutic. So, I, I there there are ways people do it, but I think they're just still afraid to say, let's use laughter, let's use comedy, yeah. let's use humor as part of your treatment, as your, your therapy. And I'd like to see where it's not. I'd like to see where people would use it or... Or prescribe it just as much as CBT, mindfulness, yeah, breathing. That's exactly like, my point, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I'm out doing, you know. I've been talking about improv for 25 years. I, I don't see it incorporated really much at all. Um, and uh, But I'm going to keep trying. And uh, I'm going to keep getting in front of you know, audiences, waiting to hear a, you know, uh, a talk on, you know, addiction and, 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 and you know, you know, substance abuse, I, you know, yeah, it's my, my, you know, my language is humor. You know, that's how I connect with my audience. That's how I, that's how I connect. And it's the way we all connect. Yeah. Like, it's the way that all of us do. So it's not, talk about inclusion. Yeah. It's about mm-hmm. looking at including everyone. Right. It's humor just, is a way to do that. And as you just said, there, 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 there's there's humor that, that it, it evokes so many different responses. You know, as you said, there's the there's the I I'm 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 getting a side ache. I'm laughing too hard. There's also just that heartwarming humor. You know, there, that makes you feel good. And then there's you know like sarcastic biting. You know, humor that makes you feel really bad. You know, and I think people think of that too much. It's like you know that's just one like. You know, that's oh, you know, we're not talking Sam Kinison screaming in people's faces to you know. I mean, if there's there's so many you know, you know, effects that, that positive effects that humor brings. You know, I mean, to dump it all out because yeah, there's some humor that's you know sarcastic and you know and 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 at somebody's expense and making fun of people and. Yeah, and I don't think it takes much. Like it, it can be very, like some of these other things. It's like this is gonna take a while. Like this is, yeah, gonna, this is gonna yeah. be a few sessions before we really get into this, or this is gonna be a lot of practice before you start to feel like you've got it, or before you feel like the real effects. But humor is something that when you feel it, when you experience it, yeah. like it's it's right there. Like that's what that is like that moment it's such an immediate moment of feeling the therapeutic benefit it's not something that like so like when we talk to and i'm going to try this somehow i'm going to try this like so if i were to give uh a bottle to someone that that their prescription is to read these five jokes a a day i like that yeah if they were to do that could we look at the long-term effects if they did this for like six months. Sure we could. But I bet you too, though, 
the moment they pulled one of those out and it made them out they it made them laugh or made them like laugh out loud right yeah. there the the therapeutic benefit is experienced you 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 you've already with so little effort you have you know you you've you've moved the needle so much than like like hours of therapy work yeah, because sometimes it's like easy. teaching like breathing techniques, teaching mindfulness, yeah. like sometimes that that can be like frustrating. Sometimes they they think I'm not doing it right. They might not notice like what their like what end goal we have in sight for what this is going to help them with. So humor though and laughter is one that like there is no well hey, hey laugh a few times uh, and then you'll really laugh. It's like. The first time you do laugh, you're going to know that. You're going to feel that. You're going to experience that. You don't have to do it like 20 more times just for it to now be meaningful. It can be meaningful that one time that you experienced it. One of the first things I heard when I I just did finish training as a recovery coach. And one of the first things I heard in training was like, there's many paths to recovery. I'm like, okay. Well, humor is one of them. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I get it. You know what's not for me? Spirituality. I did a spirituality like thing. I've never felt more, you know, anxious and uncomfortable in my entire life. And, and as that's going to take a while. That's yeah. going to take some time for me. As we talk about the like humor before, we were saying it's looked at as like defense mechanism, all this type of stuff. But humor can also be very raw and authentic. Like if yeah. you want some genuine, like honesty shoot from the hip be open humor can serve with with that purpose it can be used to share something very straightforward open but it doesn't mean that it's conning can even you know yeah. all that type of stuff so it'd be great to just look at all the the aspects of humor and and, and i like how you put that humor's road in recovery like it's not just a part of other at first i think people look at it as all these other like this person's making their way through their recovery and now humor comes in as like a defense mechanism or it comes in as an avoidance but like actually what we're talking about is that humor has its own path yeah and if that's how they're getting into recovery you have to honor that yeah you've got to and 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 grow that and and work with it you know to to if that's their pathway into recovery and and will help them recover and for you to shut that down that that's not that's not helpful that's not that's not that's not good therapy work yeah i mean it's like hearing booze from the crowd yeah that, pretty I mean, much i mean just yeah. non-stop terrible booze before you even get a chance to get on stage yeah i mean <laughs> Like you feel like you probably have no chance, no one wants you. Like that—that's not what we want. People who are coming to help, to to feel or get the impression. No, no. That's it. To me, it's just the opposite. It's it 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 it's, it's counterintuitive. It totally is. So, what are with everything we've talked about? What are ways that our profession? Whether it's like the family members, loved ones, people themselves in in treatment, recovery, professionals who do this work. How do we start to step on that path of humor's 
role in recovery? Like, how do we start to make some better movement there than we've made lately or the last Yeah. Year? Oh, wow. Yeah, um, like, how do we start to, to venture that way? Well, you know, it's just kind of knowing, you know, been around therapists enough is, uh, um, you know, they, 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 they need something, you know, solid, something researched, something, you know, like for, like they, they need, they need to get their, their hand. And I think humor to them is, is, is it's too, it's too loose and, and, and they can't get their hands out. So what I would say is, you know, where all the work's been done that you, the, the stuff that you need, it's in improv, study improv. There's, there is so much study on it. And again, it was designed to reach inner city at risk kids. So it, you know, before comics found it and made it, you know, like a comedy industry out of it, but there it, it, you know, if, if that's what you need, if you need to be intellectually, if humor has to make sense to you intellectually, improv is the pathway in there. I think I just, I just, it's it's all there. It's it's everything a therapist wants, and it's and it's controlled. You know, it's 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 very. It's not. It's 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 the, even the games that are done that uh, to 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 work that these concepts in are very specific. You know, they're they're they're, they're totally designed for an IOP group or something. Like that. It's just it, it's it's all there. Yeah. So then going to improv like. Watching improv, watching improv, or just again, if they can't do that, if they're it's it's it, study it, it's <laughs> Google it. You know, there's so many studies out there. It's unbelievable what you will find if if you want to incorporate incorporate humor into your therapies. There it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping, and I, I look at doing the podcast like this as a way to get out that message yeah. of, of humor, having, I've, I've got, uh, there's a, a counselor that I work with who does an art therapy group and she's yeah. got a lot of creativity. So I'm sharing with her like creativity journals where there's things about where I get some of these articles on improv from, I think with, with you know, patients. It's interesting you brought up art therapy because the everyone gets that and there's a there's a lot of that but like like have you ever looked at like like you know, even the therapists themselves not everyone's like great at art not everyone is great you know can play an instrument but yet we'd still do that therapy anyway interesting right. we still say this is good for you but i'm not i you know i you know i can barely bang you know bang a bongo like, <laughs> But we're going to make you do it anyway because there's value there. And it's the same thing with humor. It's like, I don't think I'm funny. It's like, that's not the point. That's not the point. Any more than like making great music out of, you know, art. There, That's not the point, you know. Um, uh, I'm, a, you know, uh, it's so it, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, uh, and again, even more so with improv particularly is it's all about acceptance Mm -hmm. you know there is no wrong way you know and you're you're, it it, you know everything you say is it's got to be accepted by the group you know so that 
you know, that's halfway there, right there, and you're. And I think a, I think a big thing too is with all that stuff is to to point out too that while we look at it as a door with defense mechanisms and being defiant, that there's something valuable behind the door. Either the the person's own story and their experience, yeah. but also like if we don't bring therapy or humor into it, we're also missing out on a lot of other benefits right. as well. Like this fear of bringing humor into therapy also robs it of all the benefits that there that humor right. does have, and it it can be amazing things like all that stuff we talked about like. Just a little bit of some of that into the lives of the people that we know, we work with. It would have astounding effects. But the fact that we're concerned that they're not being serious is like, now let's keep that away from them. It's like, that's just... It's interesting. For the, You're talking about a, you know, a, a group of people that work on uh, getting, getting people to manage through their fears. To, to understand their fears and to manage through them. And yet they're fearful of, of doing this kind of work. You know, they, they, they're exhibiting the same kind of fear that they're, you know. Which would be great to like, if you worked at like a clinic or you worked at like uh, a, a company or an organization, like you should have some improv come in and you should A lot have... of companies do. And, but yet, and here's what, you know, I, I, that's a whole different, I talk to so many companies and then one of the first things I say to them is, um, you know, we've been taught since we were day one in our careers, you know, even before that in school, like you got to be a team player, you got to be part of the team and you got to be part, you know, you got to, you know, what, who's your team? You know, that, that, that team concept is drilled into us. And even in, 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 um, there we were talking about, you know, we got to be, you know, this is our team and, and. You know, I say forget that. You know, you can't have a team without forming the ensemble first. Because on in a team, teams are great when you have to, you know, uh, um, build a product or deliver a service. You know, because um, everyone has a role. But on a team, not everyone matters. Mm-hmm. When the offense is on the on the field, the defense doesn't matter. You know, that's a, and and but that for a purpose. Because they're trying to win a game, but you know, in an ensemble, everyone matters. Everyone's voice matters. Everyone's style matters, and they have learned to get to you know figure out how to um, you know you know be that ensemble. Then you can be a team. Then you can go out and do you know whatever you need to do and kind of you know, have different roles. But companies, because they are so team oriented and they they have to produce something. They, 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 and that's why you see, you know, with teams with with a, with with no ensemble. That's why you see, like, when a manager just doesn't know how to doesn't isn't part of an ensemble, doesn't know how to manage. You know, the the the, the poor manager always stays, and the the employer that can't take it anymore, the employee. I mean, they leave. It's like the wrong person that leaves. It's always the 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 dysfunctional management person, you know, or the really, you know, just disruptive employee that's a bully and that just is horrible, you know, they stay, but, you know, everyone else on their, you know, in their department, like, I can't, I can't work with this person anymore. They leave. So companies are, you know, they struggle because they haven't formed the ensemble. 
Yeah, and it's when I look at it too, it highlights if we can't be vulnerable and comfortable with laughter, like how why would we think when it becomes a more serious issue yeah. or when it becomes a more stressful situation or it becomes more challenging? Like, why do we think we'd be better at those circumstances? So, like, we've got humor. Yeah. We've got high stress. Or we've got, like, a lot of pressure. Like, out of those, humor should be one of the ones that we could be able to connect with and form as a group better than yeah. under severe stress or pressure. Yeah. But it's kind of like, it's never that's sustained. ignored. It's ignored or not sustained. <laughs> you know, they do a fun, like, afternoon exercise. You know, we're going to put all the work aside and we're going to, you know, go outside and, have, you know, we're going to have lunch. You know, and they do that and they all bond. Oh, this is so nice. We're out in the sun. It's like, okay, now back to work. And it's over. And it's like, you, you messed. You know, like, what's the point? You know, if you, if you don't sustain that connectivity. Yeah. And that fun, that fun. There's so much just from talking about this that it's exciting to think of, like, the ways to add humor to our yeah. field. Like, before, it seems so daunting that, like, humor is just going to be that remade movie that, like, no one ever wants to see get remade. Yeah. But I, I think humor in our profession, humor doesn't deserve that in and of itself. Humor has its role in the work that we do. Humor has its its spot in life for, for all of us. So I, I don't want it to just keep losing steam over and over again in our profession. Like what we do is very serious shit, but yeah. you can have fun. How can you do it? You have it. to balance. Yeah. You got to balance that out. Yeah. So I, I don't want it to be where it's like, it's got to be this rigid, take it serious. Everything is heavy baggage. Cause that, know, that spills yeah. over everywhere. And you know, you know what also the, the fine, you know, you know what, you know what humor adds to it? It adds hope. Yes. You know, if you're constantly just doing the work, you know, like you got to, you know, correct all these things in your life and being like, there's there, there's very little hope there. There's promise, you know, but humor just adds that 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 hope to it. You know, you're selling promises, okay, but add hope. That's what I'm saying. Like, add we- Coming back to it, the conversation about like if someone had some serious illness and they went to the doctor and they had humor, the doctor would be like, oh, you're in good spirits. Like, keep your hope up. Like, you just, that's what we're talking about. That that's what that does. Yeah. Patch Adams, man. So we don't want to, we don't want to do that where someone with dealing with substance use or family member doing it or a professional working in this where they come in and every time they have to be. What, Very serious, where it's like, where's the whole point? What when? kind of life are you selling them <laughs> in recovery? Yeah. What kind of, what, you know, what, are you, what, are you, what are you saying that their life in recovery is going to be like without humor? I mean, like, you're, you're basically saying without, you're going to be clean and sober, but you're not, you know, we're, we didn't talk about humor, so that, you know, that people must say, think, well, I guess, I guess that's not a part of my life going forward in recovery. I'm like, Jesus. It's amazing because like the message prior to get into treatment, like if you've ever like heard yeah. some commercials or seen some of uh, uh, some places, it's like, come here and get get your problems yeah. taken care of. Break free from the chains of addiction. Like 
your family will love you again. Like all that like good stuff that's like talked about being into therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's smiling. Why why are they smiling? Yeah, you know, they're not smiling because they're like I had a great therapy session. Yeah. Somebody told me somebody made them feel, you know, good and and I, humor is you know, yeah. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be daunting where I can't do it and I I feel hopeless and I feel alone. And I feel yeah. like it's got to be perfect or I'm a failure. Like comedy, you know, in all of its ways counteracts all that. Totally does. And and it's not that hard to implement it. Yeah. I, I think you do need, I think people, I like your idea of people learning more about it. Like finding more about it so that they understand it more. So they learn about the benefits. So they actually get to be good clinicians using yeah. improv not just oh you think you're funny make make your client laugh like that That's might not, not be the best thing to do but to to learn more about it to, and to make this part of a tool in their box and, the craft. and the honestly you know is that going back to its roots you know it was it was started as a communication tool and so what you're seeing in improv comedy you're not seeing if you go to Second City in Chicago and other places in L, it, Groundlings in L.A., it's it. You're not seeing um, great comedians perform. You're seeing great communicators who are very gifted comedians who have laid that that comedy over this this skill at communicating that improv gave gave them. That's what it is. It's it's a it's more. It's not being funny. It's being, you know, a, a communicator and and using that skill to connect with people. And then again, what we're seeing is just some very gifted comedians that have just used that. But that's the top layer. The humor is the top layer of improv. The 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 the, the real you know meat of it is. Um, is communication skills. Yeah, how to deliver it, the, how the to ways connect. to do it. Like, yeah. yeah, The same joke can be told by a few people, and it doesn't mean it's going to always go over the same way. Like how it's delivered, how it's how the, the person delivers it to the audience, how they add something to yeah. it. Like that, that changes everything. Yeah. So I'm, it's very, after talking with you today, it's so hopeful to, to really highlight that, path of recovery that is paved through humor because it is a path yeah. in recovery and we're supposed to be open to many paths many paths absolutely not just this one path yeah and humor can be found on all of them but it, it does deserve its own i think that's important to recognize too right. that humor isn't just a part of all this it can actually be a way of recovery and, and therapy and, and healing and yeah. community and all that type of stuff. So awesome talking about all that stuff. <laughs> it is. I, I freaking love it. I, yeah. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, when we started this, there's so many other things that you do with, with public speaking, motivational speaking, talking with kids, you're, you've author, you wrote a book, I want to have you on again Absolutely. Can't to wait talk to... about that book in particular because I think it's it's a, a really great book to talk about and explore. And you did just write a foreword for a book that was released. 
Yeah, um, um, the Shadow Child um, with uh, that Ashley uh, Ashley wrote. Yeah, you know, at uh, um, your choice. Your choice. Yeah, and what was really interesting is uh, I think she approached me because I was an author, and you know, authors do you know forwards, and I'm like, all right, I'll I'll do that. You know, happy to add my my name to it and help you out. Um, and she gave me a manuscript, and I read it, and I was like, oh, wow. And her story's about she had a brother that in addiction, and she was the older sister and did all the right things. And, you know, all this focus was on this now because of this addiction. All this focus was on her, on her brother and just from the whole family. And she was kept going to school and doing all the right things and, you know, had a good, you know, good, good marriage, started raising you know, great kids. And yet, all the focus is over there. And how did that make her feel? And so I'm reading this, and I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, I in 25 years since Chris died, I I've, I thought I had worked on it all. I you know I, I I needed to go out and tell Chris's story. You know I, I you know talked about you know prevention and then re, you know treatment recovery. I got into recovery because of it. I did all this stuff. You know going out and speaking. Now I work at a treatment center and like i'm like okay i've done all the work and then she throws this at me and all this time when i go out and speak i always like used to make a, a joke about like growing up with chris i'm like yeah i would tell my friends not to stop laughing at him he's not funny even though he was hysterical and like and i would make a joke out of my resentment let's say call it you know what it is and 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 how i've had to I haven't, I didn't, haven't really um, addressed that, other than through how we do it, you know, making a joke about it. So I read Ashley's book. It's like, wow, yeah, I this is this is kind of the last piece I need to work on. So it was really great, and, and it's not just a storybook. Here's my story, and here's the how it, you know, what happened. Yeah, big it, difference it, is is what it also provides. What, at the end yeah. is all these like how okay now what are you going to do now that you've like if you if you feel like this and this is this is your family dynamic there's things you can do like here and she identifies all the stages that you go through i'm like i was reading i'm like yeah boy this is this is what i needed and i think it's going to be very helpful for so many people yeah i, I was telling you before i, I recommended already to yeah. a lot of people and it was great to see that you wrote the the forward to it and got to be a part of it um, get to share it. So give we're giving props to Ashley, yeah. to Ashley for job. for the work that she's done before this book, but even with releasing this book is is such a big accomplishment. And your the book you wrote is the Chris Farley Show. Yep. So uh, I want to have you back on again to talk about that, so people that are listening can read it if they haven't already. But it's a it's a really phenomenal book and i can't wait to to talk to you about what that was like and and some of the stuff behind it because it was it was one that of all the books i've i'm always reading books about addiction recovery drugs all this type of stuff but it it was one that definitely stood out among others i was very proud right right, i I wrote it a while ago now in 08 but um right after i wrote it um buzzfeed uh listed as one of its top you know 10 books for young people in recovery that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, wow, okay. So, 
Um, and now, you know, I wrote it, it's, you know, it's Chris's story, and I've talked about Chris and his story with this book, but now it's also become part of my story, my journey, as I kind of came to grips with, you know, this, this, this brother and his addiction and, and my own, uh, you know, getting into recovery. So it's, it's been helpful to me even after I wrote it, you know? Yeah. And I, I can't wait to have you back to talk about that. And there's yeah. a lot of people I know it's got who, pictures too. who've read it, and um, and they've they've thought it was amazing. So it's thank you. It's phenomenal. So I can't wait to have you back on that. So thank you for the the first time. Yeah, this I, is I'm, fun. I can't wait to come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping you're securing your second episode being on. Just committing to it now. To yeah, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I've um, already like it. My I've already my audience is out there. I can feel it. I get yeah, they're yeah. there. So I really I really want to thank you because there's so much even I've learned about improv with comedy, just talking about it. And I think there's just we're still just tapping into the potential, even though it's been around for so long. Yeah, I think we're just tapping into the potential of how it can help all the people that we do in our line of work and and now more than ever that's needed so i i learned so much about amen on today. yeah absolutely all right thanks, thanks for joining me yeah and then, uh we'll stay tuned for part two of your return part two maybe <laughs> even part three who knows? yeah who knows a regular yeah, occurrence absolutely <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode with Tom Farley and learned about the value humor has in our lives, but especially in what we talked about with the area of addiction and recovery. This work is as serious as it gets for lives of people affected by substance use, family members, loved ones, and communities impacted. We need humor with its own path in recovery, along with the many therapeutic benefits it can provide to all of us involved. Let us know your thoughts about what you heard. If you think this is what someone needs to hear, Give it a rating and review and share it with others. Make sure to read Tom's book, The Chris Farley Show, because he does plan on coming back to talk about it. With so much discussed in this episode, I hope you learned something and had fun doing it.